might want to sit down for this. This is the new Star Spangled Banner. Let's go. That'll never get old to me. Why is it still up? It's like stuck on there. Hey, everyone. It's not Thursday night. Yes, it is. It's Thursday. We're coming to you from the future. Ooh, we're from the future. <laughs> Why does the future sound like a ghost? I have no idea. <laughs> I quit. Yep. <laughs> we are we are running on fumes today, ladies and gentlemen, but that's the way we roll sometimes. It's a Wednesday. Everything's all snafu. It's just the way it is. Welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Sullivan. With me tonight is Jeremy Walton. We're the official podcast of the Irreverent Warriors, where the mantra is skies out, thighs out. Sky isn't out right now, so I'm I'm not actually sporting my thighs. I'm actually wearing blue jeans. This is, I am so Odd. not in. Like this is my work shirt. I I I just sat down and hit play. It's all I did. Wait, work shirts? You're saying that's COVID? Yeah, there's probably COVID on the shirt. <laughs> I wear it with my scrubs and ah, whatever. Um, do you know what's weird? I'm gonna give you a little all day today. And you'll probably notice during the show that I'm gonna be kind of stiff like this because. Uh, for, I, I've always had arthritis in my neck. Uh, welcome to the Kvetching Old Men Show, where we talk about our ailments. <laughs> my neck hurts. No, it's, it's, every now and then it hurts. Wow, your neck, my back, what's next? Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> but um, yeah, over the over the past year, I, my neck has been 100%. Do you know how I heard it this morning? Yawning. Oh, I heard it really? by yawning. I woke up and I was like... You know when you get one of those good yawns, and I tensed my my neck muscles up, and then, and I was totally was going it. a different direction all day, all day. I was it wasn't from doing this; it was from nodding. No, yes. it was yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here I am. This is do you know I like to give you because you're almost you'll be pushing forty. What are you thirty seven? Thirty six. Thirty six. Okay, you got four more years. You got like a high school career before you turn forty. Um, but I like to give you a heads up of things that can happen. When I was thirty six. Uh, I was actually doing jujitsu tournaments and now I'm over 40 and I yawn. I'm and I get whiskey, <laughs> doing hikes and falling over tree branches. There you go. Yeah. He got hurt too. He was cleaning up some, uh, little fun fact. This is the first whiskey I've had in probably a month, at, at least, least since the last yeah. time I, uh, before the last time I, I fasted. So, uh, we're going to get real loose and crazy. Uh, make sure you head over to 21gun.net. Listen or to watch, listen, and hear everything 21 Gun related. You can even buy a t shirt or a sweatshirt. Make me happy. Go there, buy a 21 Gun sweatshirt or t shirt. Someone did the other day, and I was really happy I about to buy that. another one because somebody took it. I'd, oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just have Texas written in my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to be down to Texas. If you guys want to hang out, maybe that's what it was. Um, I believe I will be down there. I can't tell the weeks, but it's going to be the 5th. I'll be in Houston from the 5th to the 8th. And then I'll be in Bernie from the 8th to the 9th. And then I'll be in Dallas, Fort Worth from the 9th to the 10th. And then I'm coming back here and missing all sorts of hikes. Um, so if you guys are in that area, drop me a line. Uh, we're trying to check out the Houston area. I don't know. We might be heading down there forever. And uh, we want to check it out. The North, North Houston area, Woodlands, something like that. Nice. Riveting, riveting stuff to talk about, Kevin. Also, head over to irreverentwarriors.com for everything IW. Get yourself some gear. Get yourself some 22 Sierra dark 
Humor Coffee. Um, and pick yourself up some fanny packs. So we'll pull up the little thing here. You have a few more weeks. Um, I don't know when it is. Oh, through the end of March. Yeah, so you have uh, a few more weeks to get 20% off these beautiful fanny packs. Uh, use the promo code FANNYMARCH2021. That's a long one. F-A-N-N-Y, for the Marines listening, there's two N's, March 2021. So if you use that at checkout, you get 20% off and you help out the Irreverent Warriors. If you don't want a fanny, maybe you're not a fanny pack guy. Uh, I guess you could call it a FUPA pack. <laughs> I mean, if you wear it on the back, it's a fanny on a fanny. So I'm just saying. There you go. It could be a, what's another name for it? There's FUPA. Uh, no, that is not, that is not what you think it means. FUPA. Uh, no, there's another one. Gunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're getting fired. Ah, uh, that's G. No, we are bunt. Getting fired. <laughs> You're getting fired. <laughs> or if you want to spend some money, head over to veterantv.com. Spell it out, veterantv.com. And you have until March 15th to donate money. Did I do the whole thing? Veterantv.com slash donate. Veterantv.com slash donate. And donate money. Listen, if everyone. If everyone tonight, so we get a couple thousand downloads per episode, if everyone tonight goes and does $2 each, that let's say that's, let's just say that's $5,000. Wait, am I doing that right? 2000? Yeah. Let's just say it, it comes out to $5,000. Um, that's 10,000 because, because vet TV is going to match everything up to 25,000. So, so important. So important. In fact, um, we're working on now. This isn't a promise, but I think, I think it's going to work out. Um, maybe I will make it a promise. Okay. It's a promise. Uh, this Sunday we're going to do a telethon and the telethon will be, I guess we'll just be live. We'll have you guys hop on. Um, I don't know all the details and I'm still working with the higher ups. Um, but we'll have some stuff to give away. So that's cool. So if you guys, uh, cause I believe, let me look at my calendar here real quick. I'm going to mess it up. No, okay. Uh, the 15th is yeah, that Monday. So the 14th will be the last kind of the last day, I guess the day yeah. before the last day to donate. Good time to um, do it. So yeah, we'll do that. And if you guys want to hop on, hop on. If you want to be on the show, whatever, whatever. We'll have some fun. We're going to, it's, I've never done a telethon. I think we'll run it kind of like maybe the new year's uh, episode where we had people jump on. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, double your spending money, head over to veterantv.com slash donate. And for every, every uh, dollar you donate, for every thousand dollars, that you're going to donate right now, they will match a thousand. So that's pretty cool. Uh, in a few days we have Hawaii. That's an awesome hike. I know there's a lot of people already down there. I believe, uh, Donnie might be down there or he's down there pretty soon tomorrow. Um, the Riplonians should be in town pretty soon. If you guys don't know who the Riplonians are, I don't even know how to describe them. Go check out the uh, episode I did with Ron Ripley, uh, comedian, Air Force veteran, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, but that's his little cult following. They're going to have like 20 people there. They're going to have flags. So look out for the Riplonians. Um, Gus, look out for Gus. Actually, I don't know if he's going, um, and he usually watches this show. So chime in, chime in Gus. Uh, they have a meet and greet on the 12th from 5 to 8 p.m. Dave and Buster's Rooftop. That's 1030. Oh, man. How am I supposed to pronounce that? Aohi? Ayuhi? 1030 A-U-H-I Street. Ahi. Ahi. Like the tuna, maybe. 1030. Uh, listen, if you're in Honolulu, Ohio, look for Dave and Buster's. <laughs> <laughs> we have cell phones. Put in Dave and Buster's. Uh, it's $37 a person. That's a lot, but it includes buffet, gratuity, tax, um, and all that stuff. And plus, they have to pay for the venue. So, you know, if you want things like that to be cheaper, 
I wonder if there's some way they could donate to the... Oh, head over to VeteranTV.com slash donate, and you can uh, uh, make things like that cheaper. March 20th, we have Palm Springs, California. March 27th, Jackson Beach, Florida. Jacksonville, Jackson... I always get that one messed up. Jacksonville Beach. Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Who's chiming in? Gus just landed in Hawaii with the Riblonians. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Um, My apologies to Hawaii. (laughs) Our prayers are with you. April 10th, Tulsa, Oklahoma. April 10th, Jacksonville, North Carolina. I'll just be reaching out. Just be landing, guys. I'm sorry. I would love to make that one. When's the next uh, North Carolina hike? Damn, the one time you caught me Mm -hmm. off guard. When's the next North Carolina? That'll be the one I get to, unless it's Charlotte. I hate Charlotte. You love Charlotte. (laughs) Don't you lie. It'll be Wilmington, June 12th. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. June 12th, maybe, if I'm in town. Matthew, Uh, not Matt. James Reeves. That's right. Don't call him Matt. <laughs> April 17th, Oceanside, California. April 17th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. April 24th, Des Moines, Iowa. Beautiful town. I mean, state, Iowa. Uh, April 24th, Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe a future new home. I don't know. <clears throat> so that's that's all I got. You got any? Yeah, before you get into that, anybody okay. who's watching, make sure you, when you click on StreamYard or Facebook, whatever you're accessing, Give StreamYard access to your Facebook comments because when we when you guys type in the chat, I can't see who it is. It's just a Facebook user. Like, why are you bringing sweet tea, trying to start some shit? Yes, but I don't know who you are, so I'd like to roast you a little bit if you could uh, bring your name in. So Yeah, okay. I always see that, and I never know what to tell people. I don't know how to give directions to do it. You just click on it's it. Literally, when you go to click on it, it says, come, it says, please access, or please allow StreamYard access. Okay. It says it on there. Awesome. Uh, what's next? Here we go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I hate that little stinger. I think it's so cheesy. It's cheesy as fuck. And we, we love st- it. And we steal from Nick Palamal. He's right down the road. Yeah, right down the road from here. Nick and his uh, Ranger Up. I have a lot of Ranger Up gear. You're getting free plugs tonight, uh, uh, Nick Palamal. Donate to the Raleigh Hike. Yeah, this is great. Uh, he's going to be like, hey, did you hear they were talking shit about you on the show? No, yeah. we're not. A little bit, but not much beyond that. Uh, news from around the AOR. Um I want to name it something else too. Maybe like, I don't know. You guys tell me instead of news around the AOR, um, maybe the veteran verse. No, that's not even military verse. Mil, Milu. Vet verse. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Uh, I'm a jarhead. I'm not supposed to think of funny shit like that. Mil you. The mil. No, just stick with We do funny shit. We don't think of funny shit. All right, here we go. Uh, pull up number two. This one, I'm going to try. Now, we have to tread, and you guys probably noticed during the episode and during the shows, we try to tread lightly uh, with certain certain topics. Topics, yeah. And so I'm going to tread lightly on this one. But, I mean, it's my opinion. This isn't the opinion of Reverend Wars. This is the opinion of Kevin Sullivan, former U.S. Air Force officer, flyer, and all-around awesome dude. So a task force charged with making recommendations to boost congressional security after a deadly January 6th pro-Trump mob. Uh, assault on Capitol Hill has proposed establishing a permanent military presence ready to go at a moment's notice in Washington, D.C. The security review led by retired uh, Lieutenant General, General Russell Honoré, 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 um, this guy, this, this guy's a real piece of work. Um, he was, he was in charge of the military response in Katrina. And I would like to let you know that when we were sitting on the tarmac 
I think that's figuratively. We might have been at home waiting to get on the tarmac. Uh, the aircraft. With, what do we do as C one thirty guys? We drop. We drop. You know, we <laughs> we drop stuff out of the back of our airplane and we let it hit. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? We airdrop stuff. We airdrop it really cool, uh, close. Here, I'm going to do this real quick, just so because I feel like you I'm talking. Yeah, let's do it like that. All right, cool. Although my beautiful face is hidden, like this. Doesn't really work. Move closer to me, Dad. Uh, and we waited. Oh, and we waited, and we sat there, and we uh, were ready to go and drop some water. This is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> or supplies or whatever. We never got called up. I was so pissed off about that because as we're watching the news, some guy in a helicopter is like throwing water bottles out of a helicopter. Oh, shit. Yeah, and these people are on the ground trying to catch it, and it's like, God, we were there, and they didn't use us. So. Uh, that's all off. So anyways, that, uh, I, I digress. He recommended establishing a permanent National Guard Quick Reaction Force, or QRF, for all of D.C. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it sits, it, I, interesting timing. Right. Just because of the dynamic. But I think, honestly, the way our capital should have been, it should have been guarded regardless. I don't care who it is. So. Hmm. I disagree. I, although I think it shouldn't be such a. Uh, a visual force. It should be plainclothes officers, not oh sure, police, military established police. Yeah, I I just don't. It does it, it. The idea of having armed troops in my nation's capital with walls and barbed wire. Then I we mean, should worry. We we are a free country, and it just I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me at all. Well, in general, um, no, that does not sit well because then also, um, well, walls work. Um, the point being is that. We should not be deploying our troops on our own soil for any reason mm -mm. unless no, maybe, we're terrorizing each other. Maybe if there is like a natural disaster and they need people to oh, dig that, or well, something different. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's totally like a, different. That's, that's like it, a FEMA thing. The whole point of this, um, and if you look for a second there, I thought they were unarmed. Uh, I mean, they were they had their M4s, but they didn't so have... They had, they had no arms? Yeah, they had... But then I looked, I'm like, oh, shit, they got full magazine pouches. So, I mean, they were ready to 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 be fully armed in a moment's notice. And it's like, yeah, but it's the National Guard. They probably gave them all blanks just yeah. to scare people. Yeah, or it's like <laughs> circa Vietnam era uh, ammo, and it's just wet and doesn't work. Oh, man, they got BFAs on the end. Don't worry, guys. He said uh, that the, the article goes on. This could be done by mobilizing military police from Gardel. You know what? I'm not going to get that much more into it, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, and then if you look and you Google this, you're going to see a lot of people that seem to be excited over this uh, notion. And I don't know why that Excitement is. Excitement is not the word I would use. I just, I mean, we're, we're a free country. I don't know. I don't, it just, it really gets me upset and um, we're seeing more and more. Uh, so I looked up too, if this is legal, can you actually legally do this? And there's something called the Insurrection Act, yes. which is the most widely cited legal authority relating to the president's authority to deploy U.S. troops domestically. I feel like when I was in high school, I learned that... That was just against the law. The U.S. can't yeah. use its troops. But I think that's active duty. Oh, I think that's that. That is specifically active duty. Okay. Could you imagine second sending second sending second Mar Div to the capital? No, hell or the, no. Or the Tenth Mountain Division. Oh wait. We'll, we'll get on that one later. Uh, enacted in 1807 as an addendum to a prior statutes authorizing the use of militias, the original Insurrection, Insurrection Act authorized use of the standing military in cases of foreign invasion as well as response to internal insurrection at the request of the state authorities. Okay. Uh, Congress later amended it following the Civil War, blah, 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 blah. Um, I have something here. Let's see. Uh, but only to enforce certain constitutional rights. Um, or where the president determines that rebellion or similar conditions make it impractical 
to enforce the law through normal means. Okay. I mean, I guess in that wording, but that's such a slippery slope because I could just be like, someone farted the wrong way. Yeah. It's an insurrection. Now let's nationalize the guard and put them, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a slippery slope. I think it's a bad idea. Uh, but also remember people were freaking out. Certain people were freaking out when they were sending federal, uh, law enforcement to guard federal um, courts over the summer when the entire country was born. Federal? Yeah, yeah. And so they were given crap for that. So I don't know. I can't keep, I can't, I can't make sense to what I'm seeing. Like every day something happens and I'm like, what, where, where were we? Like uh, uh, 2015 was a completely different country. It was a completely different world. Uh, 2010, 2001, actually, it just, it's completely, it's crazy. And I'm at a lack of words, but um, I wanted to bring this up because uh, that's how did I, changing. did I talk about this last week? I can't remember if I did or not, but uh, to kind of p- piggyback on this, they're actually giving out decorations for people that were at the DC. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Pull up uh, number three. That's just, could you imagine getting your, that's like drones. No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Well, there are two. Okay, ready? So National Guard troops who deployed to the nation's capital to provide security following the June 6th riot at the Capitol building will be awarded local service ribbons in defense, a defense official said Friday. The District of Columbia National Guard plans to award at least one of two ribbons to all soldiers and airmen who supported the security mission before and during after the 59th presidential inauguration in recognition of their service, according to Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Robert Carver. Come on, Rob, Robbie. Um, More than 26,000 National Guard members from all 50 states, D.C., and three territories were deployed ahead of inauguration to support the local. We just talked about all this. Um, The two ribbons that the National Guard troops could receive are the District of Columbia Columbia National Guard Presidential Inauguration Support Ribbon. That's the name of it. District of Columbia National Guard Presidential Inauguration Support uh, Ribbon or the District of Columbia Emergency Services Ribbon. Come on. I mean, let me tell you about something real quickly there's something called the battle of uh, guadalcanal uh it was back in 1942 it involved 60,000 u.s marines and soldiers um there was 7,100 uh, 7, of them died four were captured 29 ships were sunk 615 aircraft were lost the empire of japan had this one's even crazier had 36,000 troops dug in 31,000 of them died or killed themselves. 38 ships lost between 680 and 880 aircraft lost. Do you know who doesn't have a campaign ribbon? Veterans of Guadalcanal. And they want to give these out. Do you know when it all started to go downhill? Do you remember this? Pull up number number four. Uh, uh, Did you see this? This is a couple years ago. Okay, that is a man. Uh, soldier who's wearing high heels. It's ma'am. It's he's wearing. Now here's the thing. He's wearing those high heels for walk a mile in her shoes. Uh, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I I mean, certain things you don't do. If uh, yeah, you don't dress like that in uniform and and pretend that you're making a statement because you're not, you're looking like a jackass. Um, but Who that's took when a it, picture of me. Y'all are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Scroll it down. I think there's other pictures. Look at And they're just, look at, hey, it was oh, so hard. Oh, he's a sergeant. You know he's what? an NCO. Look at a haircut. Come on, dude. I got an idea. You want to walk a mile in a woman's shoes, give birth to a human being. Uh, something I would, if I woke up, listen, if I woke up tomorrow 
and I was a, how do I put this without sounding too creepy? If I woke up tomorrow as a woman and I knew in nine months I had to, I had to give birth. Someone's like, you're going to give birth in nine months. I would jump out the window. Oh, you got the pan. I would shoot myself. There's no way I would get (laughs) close to passing a human being out of my body. There you go. Walk a mile in her shoes. I don't know. Pass. This is some friendly fire. This must be 10th mountain. Is it? No. Who is that? That was a joke. Oh, oh, I got you. But I can't read his patch on there. I want to say it was like a ROTC unit. Oh, it's got to be ROTC, the leadership of excellence. What the fuck? I don't know. But that's when it all started going downhill. No, it's not um, When ROTC. I first saw that, it was like, and I remember it, I was so disgusted. And, and luckily, they got, they got fried. He's like, got to be a vet. People tore them apart, rightfully so. What time is it? 8.20? We want to, I want to do a little oh, bit of- Oh, cadets and cadre put on their favorite pair of high heels and walked- in Temple's walk, a mile in her shoes to raise awareness of sexual assault against women, Temple University, or OTC. That's still not a way to do it. You're just disrespecting yeah. the uniform. Yeah, yeah. There's a way to do it, and it's not in uniform. And I don't it's, care who you are. And that's what it is. It's not disrespecting the cause by any stretch of the imagination. So I support the, way, the cause yeah, uh, by the, all means, but don't do it in uniform. Yeah. That's the one thing we learned. Even as a Jarhead, Army, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard, now Space Force, you're welcome. Do not do it in uniform. That is that you don't you don't do it. Sorry. Did you see that they're uh, you said Space Force? They're trying to vote on what the rank system's gonna look like and everyone's freaking out because it basically looks like every other branch's um enlisted rank system. So I it's mean, like stripes, one, two, three, rockers, whatever, and they're like So nothing's changed. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> from what, to me it's like if you're gonna be a military organization, just do it. Just stay the way everyone else does it. Maybe change the colors or the pattern, but just keep it simple. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I need some eye bleach. I don't know about you guys. Um, we have whiskey. No, we don't waste that whiskey. Pull we use up, twisted tea. Pull up number 85. Uh, I'm sorry, number five. 85 year old special forces special veteran. He's actually, has the most he's not 85 anymore. He's 91. So Billy Warren was this a guy. special forces operator who also did five tours as a CIA spook in Vietnam, Laos, Libya, and probably elsewhere. He chased the Soviets out of the Pacific and hunted down Carlos the Jackal. He even survived being shot in the head by the North Vietnamese. And to top it all off, at 71, he was in the mountains of Afghanistan yeah. near Tora Bora, Damn. hunting down Osama bin Laden at 71. Everyone in his outfit was wounded in Vietnam, but Wall really did survive a shot to the forehead. The bullet took off part of his skull, and even the NVA thought he was dead. Wall once told the newspaper, quote, you know it's a bad day when the best thing about it is getting shot in the head. So basically, the reason 85-year-old Wall is still alive is probably because death is too afraid to come for him. His awards include the Silver Star, four Bronze Stars, four Army Commendation Medals, and eight Purple Hearts for He retired from the Army in 1972, but wasn't ready for the sunset years. He was ready to give other people their sunset years. He continued his work in the CIA. That picture. So I, I tweeted that picture out. All right, you can take it down. Look at that guy. So I tweeted that picture out um, on IG just because it was a great picture and it was like 20 years and um, the picture is 20 years old. And someone wrote, hey, is that Billy Waugh? And I'm like, I have no idea. And and it's right in the middle. And I was like, so I looked him up and I was like, I don't think that's Billy Waugh because he'd be 71 when that picture was taken. And he's one of the horse soldiers, bearded out. I mean, you saw the picture. Uh and no, that was him, 71 Damn. years old. I'm like, that's my dad's age. And this guy... Kicking ass and taking names. And his beard was like dark. He was like a, a young man. Well, he's not that young, but... Was it um, beards or was it for something for men? Oh, just for men. Just I for doubt. Men. I doubt Billy Waugh does that. How do we not know? How is this guy... Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the asshole. But how do we not know this guy... Uh, 
how come he's not a household name? We know Audie Murphy. This guy should be a household name. I agree. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's some eye bleach. There's some badassery um, to get you through your day. I do have this these this other things I want to get to, but I also want to get to our interview. Let's just get to our interview. Well, because yeah, we always seem to run out of time. So let's go right into it, man. All right. We got Jared. Um, darn it. I didn't write his last name down. So we'll have him tell he us. Pruitt. <laughs> Pruitt. There we go. Former Marine. Um, he's got a really good bio. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rather than get into it, he's writing a book called uh, Death Walker Marines about um, one sixth out of, I believe this was in 06 um, in Ramadi. So he's going to talk about that, uh, his background and, and all that good stuff. So welcome aboard. Is that what Marines, do they use that Navy baloney jargon? Do they say welcome aboard? We just say hi. You guys say hi. Yeah. Aye. yeah, we say what's up. Okay, that works. That yeah. works. Yeah. Depending on the rank, it's it, it's other than that, it's hey fucktard, hey you, hey you who's <laughs> some shit like that. When know. when why do you guys say I I? Explain that one to me. I always think because we're part of the navy and that's how. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. Yep. Does that mean yes? Clear, understood. It's, it's your under. It's your. It's it's you acknowledging them. It's basically saying yes. I get you. I heard you. So piratey. So I I. No, it's R. <laughs> well, in true story, uh, flying. If someone calls out something like uh, aircraft two o'clock uh, approaching and you can't find it, you say, but you, no, I'm sorry, you're looking for it and you find it, you say, tally ho. I'm not kidding. That is who's the, pi- who's the pirate. That's it. You say tally ho. <laughs> and I wonder if the Navy planes are like, tally ho. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, Off the port bow. <laughs> awesome. With a British man. accent too, for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so welcome aboard. Um, Thank you. Let's Thanks for go- having me. I like no problem, no problem. I like to go back. Let's go back to where it all began. You put in your Tarantino bio that it. that you played soccer, and I, and I feel yeah. like because I get a lot of bios from a lot of people, um, people put stuff in there so because it means something to them as a person. Uh, so I can only assume it meant a lot to you. Uh, how did playing for a team, practicing, losing, missing goals, winning goals? How did all that uh, play into the development of yourself as a character and eventually <clears throat> Marine? Well, that that's where um that like never quit attitude really started. I, um, I got cut from my junior year soccer team at high school and you know, that, 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 that sucked. And you know, it always sucks to get cut from the team, but, um, you know, I, I stuck with the sport, came back out my, my senior year and started over the goalie who had beat me out my junior year. So, you know, I take that for a win and, um, you know, went on and had a pretty good season and, just, uh, you know, despite soccer and all that, I, I started working at a really early age, like 14, I was doing tile installing and flooring and all that stuff. So, you know, got that hard work ethic built in there. And, um, I didn't, I just did, I was one of those kids who just did good enough in school to get by, never really applied myself, but, um, it just, you know, school. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's I, I look back on myself uh, in high school and grade school and I think about the things that I didn't apply myself to. And mm-hmm. I, I used to beat myself up over it. But I think a lo- what a lot of people have to do and they they uh, need to learn to do is it, it sounds weird to say it, but they have to forgive themselves. So you have to look at who you were and the stupid things you did and say, you know what? It's not I mean. It, when, whenever you make a choice, even if it's a bad choice, a lot has led up to that choice. And it's not always 100% your fault, especially, man, uh, we were just talking the other day. Uh, 
I think back, was it last week in the episode? I think back to stuff I did at 16 and I, I'll like, I'll get the chills. I'm like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh Jesus <laughs> like, Christ. My wife's like, idiot. What were you the thinking? Fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll just be driving down the road. I'm like, God damn. My wife's what's going on? Nothing. I she was, Squirrel. yeah, I was, I was 15. Don't ask. <laughs> Maybe but yeah, yeah, that's an important thing. Yeah. You also brought up being a, uh, a tile installer. I think that's really important too. Um, because I right now I'm lucky enough to have a white collar job, but I mean I was digging ditches in Boston with my cousin. Um, shout out to Rich Holly and uh, his construction crew there. Um, I put in hardwood floors. I did carpentry with my dad. It is something about making shit money, doing shit work, yep. builds character to it. Because you show up, you can't. I mean, there are people that don't show up and they get fired, and those are usually the assholes who are working at you know, the Seven Eleven right now, cause I can't get any other job, but yeah, yep. that's, that's a huge, a huge, um, uh, character builder, I think. Definitely. And it, it and it was something too, that I got to carry into, uh, the rest of my life. You know, like I could go tile my bathroom right now if I wanted to, I, I mean, I don't, but, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's still something out there, you know, and do the family a favor or whatever, but that, that work ethic and just that, um, I mean, tiling, it, it, it's hard. And, um, so yeah, you know, I, I hate to throw around the word too much, but it builds grit or, or, you yeah. know, whatever buzzword is flying around there today. So well, it definitely, um, it definitely does. Cause like someone, your, your, your neighbor's like, Hey, I need help with this. And you can pick yeah. up a table. I mean, a um, skill saw or whatever. Yeah. What's I mean, up? I mean, yeah. there's, I swear that there's, there's almost a, I don't even know what they are anymore. I don't pick on millennials because I mean, I'm at the tail end of Gen X and the beginning of millennials, but it's, mm-hmm. it's more like a Gen Z. It's like you watch on commercials, uh, and it's like, there's a pride of not knowing what the hell you're doing. Like I, there was a, a, a Geico yeah. commercial or something like that. State farm, some, one of those. And the kid's on the side of the road and he's like, Oh dad, uh, how do you change a tire? And the dad's like, I don't know. So I mean, I'm watching this and I'm like, <laughs> what, what are they trying to sell? You're not selling me. And I, yeah. I don't know. That's smart. Yeah, every, everybody was, yeah, <laughs> everybody was so worried about like what Billy Madison and Tommy Boy was conveying, and and now we actually have that in in spades today. So uh, yeah, yeah, we really yeah are. yeah. So the nineties were awesome, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> they were. We were picking on him during his episode because I was like, man, I can picture you with frosted tips. <laughs> and, like, and baggy skater pants. <laughs> and I had it too. Do you know who uh, yeah. who was I, I could see him. You, you know the redhead kid Scott something? Kid, he's my age. Um he played he played the son in uh, uh Austin Powers. He played uh what's his name, son? He also oh, does um, the oh, voice on Family um, Guy. Seth uh Seth Seth's- Seth, Seth Green. Green. Seth, Seth Green? Green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the frosted tips, he comes with a bag. That was basically me. Didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. I was going to say, didn't he play someone like that? Yeah, Some, he uh, did. That's funny. Um, she's all, no, uh, um, she's not that into you or something like that. It's one of those type of movies. Uh, the hot girl and he's trying to act all cool. And you know, yep, was, yeah, yep. I do remember it. that. Yep. Uh, I'm a little more embarrassed that I saw a chick flick like that. And I was probably yeah. in my twenties. Who was I trying to impress? Guarantee you've seen notebook over me. Oh God. So how did participating (laughs) in athletics and blue collar work, how did that affect your decision to eventually uh, choose the Marine Corps? Well, like I was kind of saying with school and all that, I I went and tried out college and again, 
just doing enough to get by the whole, um, you know, by that time, like Iraq was in full swing. Fallujah was a mess. And I was just like, like, I'm just sitting in my dorm room one night with, uh, you know, some Captain Morgan. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, this is, I'm, I'm just wasting, I'm just wasting my time. I like, I'm not going to be young forever. So let's go. Um, and, and this, and all that too, with, uh, my grandpa was a huge influence on me. And he was, he was a soldier in world war II, served under, under Patton and his, uh, Patton's third army, um, a grunt infantry. And, you know, that, that's all I wanted to do from a, a really young age. Um, really, I don't know why it was always the Marines instead of, instead of following in my grandpa's footsteps with the army. I don't know. I, I really don't know why it's just, I've always had a, an, like a, a fanboy thing with, with the Marine Corps. <laughs> and you and then, both. right, right. It, it, it's real. It's a real thing. And, and, and just, one day in college, I'm just like, forget it. I'm going to, to drop out. I'm going to go to the to finish the semester, go to the recruiters. I enlisted, finish out the semester. Um, my sister was getting married, and I waited for her her uh, wedding to get over. And uh, like two weeks after that, I, w- I was off to boot camp. Oh, damn. Uh, did did they give you any sort of like uh, bonus or anything for having some college under your belt? Or was it just... <laughs> Oh, oh, well, I, I mean, I got to pick up PFC and, and I guess you could call this a bonus of getting a five-year contract and going, <laughs> and, and going into something called security forces, which is Ooh. highly frowned upon in, in the, uh, O3 community, yep. which I, which I would come to find out. But at, at the time of enlisting, my recruiter said, Hey dude, this is your only way into the grunts. And he knew that was the only thing I wanted to do. So he could have spun whatever lie he could, and the lie was O3 field is closed right now. And, you know, I, how else would I know, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So he said security forces was the only way in, into the infantry. And I said, five years, whatever. What's another year? Sign me up. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I mean, it. It all worked out in the end. I, I mean, I don't, I don't regret a single decision I made. It, it, it all worked out. So I, I had a guy on, um, I can't for the life of me, I can't think of his name. He's a singer. Uh, gosh, I see his face and everything. Uh, man, that's going to bug me. He was security forces. Uh, he was like some sort of rapid response, something like uh, anti-terror something. Team? Yes. Yes. That's what Big he was. Big ass seal team. Vegas. <laughs> uh, I should bring that to who the hell, what's his name? He's, he's on vet TV, uh, singer. I want to say like McClellan, McCall, McCall, uh, someone put in the comments and actually I'm giving you no information. So don't put it in the comments. Cause I can't think of this. <laughs> look up, look up on, uh, um, uh, when I ask the next question, look up on 21 gun.net, go to archives and look back to like episode 10 or nine. So see, I mean, it was like three years ago. So, um, but that's neither here nor there. I hate it. You know what? I hate it when people say, hey, do you know so-and-so? Um, you know, I mean, the Marines are a small <laughs> Completely random. unit, but it's like, come on, yeah. you can't. There's no way. Um, okay. So but there's there's been times when that actually does pan out, though. And that's. Oh, yeah. And you're wild. like, holy shit. Well, we were on yeah. um, a Silky's hike 
a uh, couple years ago in Raleigh, I think it was Raleigh, and I'm with a, a guy named pa Paul Cardina. Say, hey, Paul. Yep, uh, that's Raleigh. Uh, so we're walking along, and uh, Paul's talking about his unit, and the dude next to him, who's the one that, God, I can't think of anyone's name now. The big guy with the big beard, he, I think he calls himself Maui. Jason Aguila. Yes, Jason Aguila. Uh, they were, I think they were in different companies, but part of whatever the same. It, it, this is so bad for me because I try to learn the lingo, the Marine lingo, but I can't. They were part of the same it's okay. battalion and not the, the same. Battalion, yeah. Okay, they were part yeah. of the same battalion, but not the same company. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and the only reason why they knew that is we were walking and he overhears him talking and he's like, Hey, we were there together. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, those things yeah. do work out, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to hear a really crazy instance of that? Sure. So, okay. So, uh, it was 2017 and I get a random text from my cousin and he lives down in Milwaukee and, and I'm up in, uh, like Appleton, Wisconsin area. And he, he texts me and he's like, Hey, do you know a Ryan McCon? And I was like, yeah, like he, he served with me. He, he was, um, he was, he was killed in Iraq. I'm like, why? Well, his dad just gave a speech at my church. I'm just like, what? And, and I had, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd spoken to McCon about his dad before, but I'd never really connected that his dad was in Milwaukee and, you know, being a Wisconsinite myself, I never put those connected those dots. So I was like, yeah, I, I know him really well. And we eventually like met and um, his dad had never heard the story or heard anything about what happened to his son. And, um, you know, <clears throat> You know, fortunately or unfortunately, I was the probably one of the last people, if not the last person, to have seen him alive and, and was able to tell his dad finally after, I mean, this was 2017 and this was back in, you know, November 7th, 2006. And, um, you know, 11 years and he had, you know, he just knew his son was killed in Ramadi and that was that was basically it. Um so 11 years and, and, and not having a clue. And I, and I was like just blown away and just so thankful and grateful to finally make that connection with him and to finally, you know, it, you know, he, he, we stay in contact to this day. I, you know, I love the guy. He's a brother. He's a, he's a former Marine as well. And um, just, just a crazy, crazy story of that. The Marine Corps really is a small community. Yeah. And yeah, you do get those like random things like, hey, did you know a Smith? Like, dude, everyone knows a Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but there are, but yeah, there are those stories that just, that happen, you make these connections and it's, it's wild. I can't even, I, I can't even fathom the idea of not knowing if, if something ever happened to my son in the military, of not knowing the right. story and think about mm -hmm. how many people had that, you know, how many people in mm -hmm. Vietnam, I, um, too many. I don't, I don't wear it anymore, but the first, the first, uh, uh, memorial bracelet I ever wore was for just a random Vietnam guy. I heard his story. Um, and he had been shot down over, let's say Laos or somewhere. And that was it. It's all they knew. It's been 60 wow. years or whatever the people, it was yeah. like early, well, almost 60 years. Yeah. 1966 he was lost. Wow. And, and yeah, I can't imagine just not knowing that's why it always pissed me off. So civilians, I don't think quite understand that. Okay, he died, and now you get the the message. Um, 
uh, what was her name? Uh, Clinton. What was her name? Hillary Clinton. When she said a bunch of people died, what difference does it make? It freaking makes a difference. A huge They're, difference. Cause yeah. most of yeah. them sent them there to do that. Yeah. So it's like, plus it's closure. It's closure to, to, to know that. So that's, yeah, man, that's, mm-hmm. that's a powerful story. Oh, uh, we lost our internet. What? We're Uh-oh. frozen. I can still hear you guys. Can you hear okay, me? Good. So we'll, that's weird. Yeah, I, I, your camera cut out. There we there go. You guys are. We're back. Weird. I don't know what happened there. Sorry. Let me turn off my download for Pornhub. Maybe, maybe a little <laughs> nervous there. Okay. So, um, oh, I understand. You said in your bio that you weren't perfect. Tell us about the trouble you got into at your first dirty, duty station. Oh. <laughs> All right. So you put, you put it in the bio, man. You know I'm going to ask about hey, it. Right on. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right on. Um. So. I, uh, I get to my first duty station out in Washington, uh, security forces. And, you know, you got to be like squeaky clean to, to do this job or, or, and whatever. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm there for a few months and I, I take my, uh, you know, I, I become buddies with some of the guys on the platoon. And I take one of the team leaders out to pick up his car to, from the mechanic or something one morning. And we're at the mechanic and... I'm just waiting for him to make sure he gets his car or whatever. And he comes like running out of the shop <laughs> with his cell phone in his hand. And he's like, dude, you need to get back to base right now. Just leave. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me, but you got to get back right now. I'm just like, what? Like, why? And he's just, just go. I'm like, okay, Roger that. <laughs> uh, so I, I start heading back to base and my, my actual team leader calls me and he's just like, dude, what did you do last night? And I was just like, I, I was out in town. Like I, I slept, I slept at a hotel. I wasn't even on base last night. Like what, what is going on? And he, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's basically said the same thing. Just get back, clean up the room as best as you can and, and stand by. I'm like, uh, Roger that. So I get back, go up to my room and open the door and it's just destroyed. I mean, there's like a bookshelf that's knocked over onto oh. one of the racks um cans and bottles of beer are everywhere there's bottles of liquor there's pizza boxes there's pizza on the floor chip bags blown open like i think that was my room (laughs) so wait you were in the city so you didn't do this no i wasn't i wasn't in my room this is my roommate so my so my roommate (laughs) he, he was in a different platoon than me and some of his buddies, one of one of them just picked up corporal, so they threw a big rager in our room because we were separate from the the main barracks. Okay. So we were in the the navy barracks, which are dope and awesome. So we they had a big party, and this was Thursday night, which is every marine knows field day. Yep. And come Friday morning, the uh, the company gunny or whoever was coming around to inspect was supposed to inspect the room across from us and instead inspected ours. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine that would feel very good knowing that that happened. <laughs> no, no. So, um, yeah, so they apparently had counted everything and, and you know, just took pictures. <laughs> oh, God. Did you get NJP'd or? Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So I... Uh, <laughs> So there it so, was. So these, so these dudes weren't even there anymore. Like they, they were out doing whatever, whatever they do in Washington. And um, <laughs> so I, 
so I, I of course it's all put on me and and I'm like I'm I just turned 21 like a couple of months ago all the other dudes involved in this were 18 19 or 20 so it's like well there's a sword I'm gonna fall on it I didn't like where I was anyways so let's let's see what happens right roll the dice so I um went in and stood tall before the man went into my uh, company commander um, I don't even remember his name captain captain someone and he starts to, to read me out and he gets to the point where he gets to all the like the, the nitty-gritty of it he's like so what you're trying to tell me is that by yourself you drank 150 beers <laughs> yes yes sir get the hell out of my office aye aye sir <laughs> like, about face and out <laughs> um so that, so that was it you skated or well i was put on i mean like i think i was on restriction and extra extra duties for 14 days and then i was kicked out of the platoon i had my um my clearance or whatever taken away from from that place and then went down to like the the HQ, which mm -hmm. I, which was the best thing that could have happened. Um, the the uh, the guard chief or whoever it was, it was a gunny, and he was like a month out from leaving, and he's like Pruitt. After a couple of weeks, I had worked from. He's like Pruitt. I know you want to. I know you want out of here. And um, where do you want to go? Like you can go anywhere in the fleet. Where do you want to go? And I had just had a buddy who went to one six, and I was just like. I'll go to one six. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, let's go. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's, let's do this. I've been, I've been in for about two years at this point. So I got orders to one six and I was, I was out there like, um, three weeks after that. Wow. So that kind of yeah. worked in your favor. Uh, exactly. It yeah. worked out. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing, you know, and maybe this is the old officer in me talking, but, uh, except I was never in charge of anyone, but, um, you know, it, it's in the enlisted ranks, you have room to screw up and you can get schwacked. It's how you respond mm -hmm. to that. Right. If yep. you bounce back on. Yeah, yeah. Because you can just be a shitbird for the rest of your career. And we all know them. Uh, mm -hmm. and they end up just, you know, they don't reenlist or whatever. Some of them article 15 or, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, so it's like, you know, you, you, and I understand from what I understand as an enlisted person, those are way easier to bounce back from because in, in mm -hmm. the air force in the flying world, if you got an NJP, uh, I had a friend who didn't make captain because he might've got article 15 and that is basically, My okay. Career. Yep. Your career is done. There's no coming back. If you miss, it's like 99% people pin on captain. If you miss that, Oh, get, go find another job. Um, but yeah, I always, I always liked that about, um, you know, the military in general, that, that that's in place, right? You can screw up, you can get mm -hmm. swagged pretty hard, but you can also, uh, you know, become something better. It sounds like, yep. uh, just officers in general, just get the shaft when it comes to that, but you get so much leeway. It's like, uh, it's like the movie Anchorman with, uh, what's his Will Ferrell catches Baxter eat, eats a wheel of cheese. He's not so pissed off. He's more impressed. <laughs> and he wants, he knows you can bounce back. So it's like, I, 
I didn't just understand. go away. I didn't understand that reference one bit. You're gonna have to watch Anchorman, man. You have to. Oh, watch Anchorman. Great Anchorman. movie. Yeah. Great movie. You yeah. ate a wheel of cheese. I'm not yeah. even mad. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. No, I remember. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I do remember. When you said wheel of cheese, I was picturing a cartoon. I didn't hear you say Anchorman, so I know. Remember, I told you I'm a little, a little slow on the uptake today. Running on fumes today. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Well, this is always the end of my day, and it's like, oh, this is the beginning. I hear of you, my, man. Of my. I hear you. Uh, whatever this is. Okay. So. Um, I'm looking down. I want to get to a lot. Ninety uh, percent of the time, when I have people on, we end up shooting the shit, and I don't get to all my good questions. But of course, <laughs> I really wanted. There's some things I really want to talk about. Yeah, um, man. First thing, because uh, I know you're working on a book, uh, Death Walker mm-hmm. Marines. Awesome freaking name. Um, and you. I want to talk about your time with Cold Steel or Charlie Company during Romani. Mm-hmm. I had Major Scott Husing on not long ago. Oh yeah, yeah. He was Echo and Romani. Yeah, yeah. Echo yep. and Romani. Yep. Um, okay. So I, I mean, he was two four. You were one six. Did you guys have any overlap or anything like that? Well, you were yeah, like, yeah. They were um, they were part of the the surge before the surge was actually officially announced. Um, okay. And they, I think they came into Ramadi like November sometime or December, November, December two thousand six, and then I think they stayed through, um, till February, March, or even maybe even longer than that. I, I can't remember what it was in the book. Um, yeah. But they, 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 they came and they stayed instead of like what it, you might usually do or would become for a month or two and then, then go somewhere else. But yeah, right, they came right. and they stayed. Um, but yeah, we, we, we had some overlap, especially during the whole building 10 fiasco around, I think December 19th, that whole Christmas, New Year's time, yeah, was they had a bunch of casualties, right? Just insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, for for every yeah for for every unit in the city that was involved with with building ten, and I mean, it was, I, it was we called it Operation Way City, and um, it was it was madness. Yeah, I you know we. I was there at that time, but we were doing, we were focused on Fallujah, right? We were focused on TQ okay. and, and Al-Assad. I was a C-130 guy, so we were resupplying nice. and doing all that stuff and medevacking. Cool. And, you know, we would, there was no airfield for Ramadi. There might've been a little one, I guess, for helicopters, but not for C-130. Yeah, Camp so, Ramadi had like a helicopter. For yeah. like the Sherpas, yep. those little army. Yeah. But we, mm-hmm. so I never, I never felt connected. I didn't really know. And it wasn't until years later that I was like, holy shit. How do I, yeah. I know so much about Fallujah, and all the work we were doing there and then out in uh, al-Assad with all the shit going down in the ambar mm-hmm. but ramadi i mean it's 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 i would say it was the ugly redheaded it. stepchild it really was and it was a freaking yeah. hell of a battle and a lot mm-hmm. of marines died there and they did a really good job so you know hopefully hopefully uh, echo and ramadi uh you know brings light to that and hopefully your your mm-hmm. book um what was the ambar awakening so the the awakening started back in, <clears throat> I think, historians say September two thousand six, and it was uh, Sheikh Sitar was meeting with Colonel McFarlane, and there's a there's a couple other characters involved, but I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but they they started to to build a a really tight bond and working together, and it, it was the tribes finally coming together and being sick of the, just the oppression from, from Al Qaeda and Iraq, AQI Mm -hmm. of, of what they were doing to the people. And, you know, 
one thing that American Sniper did really good was showing the butcher of Ramadi with a drill. Oh, drilling God. People. Horrible scene. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awful. But that was, I mean, that's daily life for the civilians. And, and eventually, I mean, I don't know how you don't grow sick of it after the first time, but enough was enough after after one point and you know the tribe started working together instead of the the people in the city you know the people who were actually from ramadi you know helping the insurgency they began to separate themselves from it and while that was happening it it really didn't take much of an effect on what was actually happening inside of ramadi because Mm -hmm. most of the fighters were foreign that's right yeah, Hamity. Hamity talks a lot about that. Um, yeah. He's the terrorist whisperer we had on. He talks a lot about how um, these fighters come in and he's looking at them because he was an Iraqi. Uh, he was a spy for this, uh, I want to say Central Intelligence Agency, but he's looking at him. He's like, these aren't freaking militia dudes. <laughs> these guys have nice gear. These are, um, yep. yeah. Uh, and, and actually, a lot of his stuff took place at the, uh, a lot of his stories took place in and around the, the Ambar province, even though he was kind of on the other side, but. Uh, there's okay. a big part of the story I haven't heard. Um, so when, when you're writing your book, you know, I, I, you seem to know a little bit about the history of the area. Are you going mm-hmm. to delve into that and kind of use that as a backbone uh, to your Definitely. unit's operations yep. there? Okay. Yep. What's, it, um, what, what's it like to, I mean, are you just reading up? Are you interviewing, um, I don't know, Iraqi professors or how, how are you getting all that information together? That sounds I, like it would be daunting. I wanted to, I, I mean, yeah, it is. And and I want to do all of that. Um, and, and that a big part of our process is, is interviewing, um, getting guys who were from, I mean, I want to reach out to guys from other units who are in Ramadi and interview them, you know, especially those guys from like three, eight. And I think two, four was there back in 2004. Um, you know, those guys are just a treasure trove of, of were, information. Yeah. Yeah, they were there in 04 and then they went back in 06. Yeah. And I believe yep. Scott was a, I think he was a first lieutenant uh, or no, because yeah, 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 he was a first lieutenant and then he he made rank to, right. yeah. to captain. Yeah. So he went from yep. platoon to, to company in the same friggin' area. I mean, right. talk about like just, what do you call it? Deja vu. Can you imagine walking down the streets of Vermont and being like, holy shit, I'm here again? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That would that, oh, be insane. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. You had mentioned that things start going sideways for you uh, health-wise in Iraq. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, after, well, I, I, I told you about um, meeting McCon's dad, and yeah. I was I was right next to him when the uh, the IED that killed him went off, and I mean it, yeah, it, it wrecked a number of us. There was. I mean, our whole fire team, Hancock, May, even our, our LT and uh, his RTO all got, I mean, we were the closest to the blast. Um, I was knocked unconscious for a little bit. Um, Hancock was thrown over a wall and had to run around like an entire city block to get back to us. Mm. Um, and then um, af- after that, I, I started just, you know, you just start to notice like different, different things. Like I would just get tired for no reason. But back in 2006, when you're, um, I was 22 at that time. You don't think about that stuff. No, hell no. You're invincible. You you grab, you grab another rip it, you suck it up (laughs) and, and you keep forging ahead. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but then I started to get like this weird rash on my face that would be like right around right, right around here, uh-huh. like right around your um the bridge of your nose and your nostrils and, and all rash. that. They call that the malar yeah. rash or malar rash, yeah. Yep. And um and that started back then and that would stay with me. I mean, I still still get it to this day. Yeah. Um, but 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 those symptoms would you know progressively get worse and worse. Unfortunately, um that building 10 fiasco, I'd get my bell rung again. So I got two pretty nasty concussions within uh, like a month's time. So that certainly didn't help things. And then uh, I know there's like a lot of work and research being done with burn pits and and the after effects of that stuff. Um, I sat right above a burn pit on uh, post three at Opi Katana for, you know, six hours at a time. (laughs) Hunter, check out the Hunter Seven Foundation. I believe I know they're they're big mm-hmm. into it. Jason Piccolo's big into that. Um, yeah. I'd like to get them on because there's a lot of stuff that I yeah. don't I don't even really know about. But yeah, that uh, people are suffering from that. Was were you diagnosed with lupus? Was that eventually mm-hmm. what happened? Okay. Yeah. So 2014, um, I would get a letter from the VA getting giving me my diagnosis with for lupus, and then two weeks after that. On September seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, I, I had a stroke. Damn. Yeah. So. But I, I guess was, it makes sense because it, it, it puts you in what they call a hypercoagulable state. I'm gonna get all nerdy yeah. here. I'm a PA in Go the world. Go for it, dude. So. But um, but yeah. Now now I'm wondering. So lupus is what we call a, a autoimmune disorder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm wondering if the repetitive concussions, right. That obviously, uh, lead to the hallmark of the war on terror being TBI, um, mm-hmm. which I believe is a direct, uh, directly affects PTSD or causes PTSD. But, um, if your, your body's going through those insults, then it absolutely makes sense that the, the, um, uh, immune response could haywire, go haywire. And yeah, you could develop lupus, you could develop rheumatoid, mm-hmm. you could develop all these things. Um, right, right. Makes sense. And I, and I would say it's probably directly related. Do you have anyone mm-hmm. in your family with it or? No. Nope. See, that's what's messed up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No family um, history. Yeah. Did that, did, did that affect your career in the military or? Oh, I was out by then. Okay. So I got okay. out, I got out in 2009. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you had, uh, and again, I'm going off and I, we're running out of time. So I'm trying to get all the good stuff here. Uh, you had written about this and you read about your, your medical stuff that had started, um, mm-hmm. in, in, while you were in, and then obviously worsened when you got out, um, was, were you dealing with PTSD? Were you dealing with TBI? Were you dealing with everything and all of the above? So I was definitely dealing with PTSD and, and TBI. Um, but you know, I was still holding to that, to, to the old mindset of just, you know, don't be weak, you know, you got to be strong and, and, you know, fight through it. But until, you know, after I had the stroke though, I mean, that, that, that was it. Like I had to, I had to face everything, you know, I had to come face to face with everything and just, and face it all down from there because obviously something was extremely wrong in my life and I need to address every aspect of it. So that's when I, I, I was like, yeah, I, I'm survivor's guilt was, was the, the culprit, yeah. you know, I'm going to have a special on that. Yeah. Is that you're, you're probably the 6,000th person that's brought up survivor's <laughs> guilt and uh, I, bet. I think it's an important topic. Um, mm-hmm. definitely. Absolutely. Plus, plus having the psychology, you say, you know, 
finally reaching for help and getting help. The psychology mm-hmm. of having the invisible wounds, and I even hate that term. I think it's queer, but um, having these invisible wounds where you you can't see and and yeah. I mean, I remember I was sitting. I think it was with my wife, and we were talking about something, and uh, I was like, "Oh, f- I would rather have got my leg blown off." And she's like. <laughs> are you mental? (laughs) And I'm like, do you realize how, and it sounds awful when I think about it, it sounds awful, but Mm -hmm. how simple life, and and I don't mean to, to disparage you and lost her leg. It fucking sucks. And I don't ever want to lose a leg. But, um, the point I was getting at is, and I, and I still, I guess I feel that way is that it's something you can, you can look and say, look, there's my injury. And the people look at that and they say, Oh, okay. I get it. Makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of get it. And, yeah. and they can understand to some extent the recovery process and stuff. But when you have TBI, PTSD, it's, it, it becomes this thing that people can't see. They can't touch. They can't right. understand right. unless they're in your shoes. And it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it has, I believe it's the hallmark of the global war on terror and it's, it's destroyed lives. And we're just learning now 20 years into it, how to finally uh, treat people with this. What was your treatment regimen? Like besides the, the lupus, cause I know that can be a freaking health show too, but the, well, the that, TBI. that was actually the easiest part of it. Um, hydroxychloroquine, you know, everybody <laughs> knows what that is now, <laughs> yep. but that was, uh, that, that, that did the, uh, that did the trick for me with lupus. That's um, great. You know, yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's still doing great. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was put on, I was put on blood thinners for, for the stroke, um, and all that. Uh, my INR was like gravy. So <laughs> for, the, for the folks, that is basically how thin his blood is. So yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, Thank so you. His blood was Thank you. Thick. <laughs> two C's. <laughs> the fact that you got that, I'm impressed. I'm not a boomer. Come on. <laughs> what? Shut up. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a Gen X. You can even call me it. No, I'm a Gen X. Um. um so, so yeah. So talk. I went in. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um. So therapy. I went into. You know, I was in in, in the VA. Went to the whole mental health thing. And, and, you know, the real secret about that is um, if you don't like the person you're talking to, yeah. just ask to talk to someone else. Yep. And and I don't know if it was because I had the stroke and I just, like, I lost a filter or two. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't like you. Like, I just want to talk to somebody else. Like, no offense, just whatever. So I, I would I'd eventually bounce around and I found a person I really liked. And, you know, I was able to con- actually connect with them on a on a human level instead of like that professional level. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that, that really worked out great. Um, the, the thing that did not work out great was the medications that, that they were putting me on. Um, Oh, and that's crazy that you bring this up because I just looked through, um, my healthy vet history at, at all of them and typed them all down. I have them somewhere, but it was, stupid long yeah all, all the different ones i i was on and and you can look at the dates i was taking them and, and they were all like a lot of overlap and i was just like god like, sure. no let, wonder let me no wonder i got worse ssris pain medication yep. um gabapentin perhaps yep. trazodone nothing like a tricyclic yep. antidepressant you're hitting uh, all of them <laughs> ambien um Zeracol, not ambient <laughs> uh, xanax wait did you say not ambient or not ambient no oh, man are you kidding no. i i 
I you're supposed to take it like it, once it, a month. <laughs> what's, it, what's, it, what's the step below? Is that like tramadol? Uh, what's the other is a sleep pain thing? medication. Oh, tramadol is um, a pain medication. Oh, do I do. There is one that stepped down. <laughs> well, there's a trazodone, which is a sleep medication. Technically, that might have been it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might have been it. All that. All that did is. Oh, I won't get into it. Gives you weird side effects. Let's just tell you that. Um, no, it wasn't pretty. But yeah, it's not. It's not good. Luckily, check out the interview I did with Mark Gordon a couple weeks ago, who's um, one yeah. of the leading experts. Yeah, on TBI. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, we're starting to understand this, and and we're starting to get a better spin on things because I think. You know, if you're prone to suicide, if you're prone to depression, if you're prone to any of those things, putting people on these medications are not fixing that problem. No. Um, yeah, just addressing the the source of the issue. And also a lot of people poo-poo talk therapy, but it, it it's good. And especially if you go, did you do CPT, cognitive processing therapy or which? I did, did that. Um, I did prolonged exposure therapy. I okay. did EMDR. And is that the I one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's like crazy. the left, left, right movement. Yeah. Um, did yeah. you? Now this is gonna sound crazy, but when you were doing it, did you have any weird mm -hmm. out of body experiences or anything like that? Not that I can really recollect, but I remember it being like, um, it was really like a flow state feeling. Yeah. 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 What's it called? Well, I mean, maybe that's what you meant by it, but yeah, EMDR. EMDR. Yep. EMDR. Yeah. I had, I interviewed for my old podcast, a woman who was doing EMDR and she wrote a book about it. And uh, the guy who, who kind of invented this. And again, it's like moving your eyes in certain directions. It mm -hmm. sounds crazy, but he was a Vietnam veteran, PTSD, horrible nightmares and everything. And as he was doing this, he came face to face with a Vietnamese girl he accidentally killed. Oh, wow. And, and he, he said it was his outer body and an experience of the, the metaphysical to the point where it, it you're never cured of it but it totally fixed his symptoms and then wow. this started becoming standard like he would go through these things with people and they would have these like i i, I keep calling them outer body experiences more like they would go into the spirit almost like an ayahuasca trip or okay or um psilocybin or something like that but it's completely natural i mean you're just moving mm -hmm. your eyeballs around but there, it's a common phenomena for people to I don't know, go into a weird realm and talk to dead people. <laughs> it sounds oh, crazy for people. me to say it, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's true, man. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I could have a whole episode on that. I swear to God, I'm this close to like, we keep talking about aliens on the show. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> talking to dead people. It's like my, my Start to get that, uh, that slash conspiracy theories at the end of the title. So we're, we're, we're over nine o'clock. So let's just, I hate to do this, but, um, let's get to the goals of your book. So the book is going to be okay. called, uh, death Walker Marines, uh, and tell us about, yeah, like why you're writing it and when, <laughs> I don't want to give you that. When is it going to be out? Cause I'm assuming that's a, that's a process. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're, so this is something I've been working on. Um, I knew, I knew there was a, a story, uh, you know, the story had to be told back, back when we were going through it. Um, so I had taken notes. I know a lot of, a lot of the other guys with me took notes and it was something I've just been working on off and on over the years. After I had the stroke, it definitely was put on the back burner. Um, so then it was back in June. So during the, the pandemic and all that, my buddy Boston reached out and he was like, Hey, like, what do you have going on with this, with the book you've been working on forever? And I was just like, all right. Yep. You, you got me. Called me out. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sometimes and, you need um, that. 
I did. And I, I 100% did. And he was just like, you know, what's going on with it? And I was just like, well, you know, it's kind of been on the back burner, but um, I'm it's it's past time that the, that this gets done. And, you know, it's kind of a good thing I waited so long so I could mature because one of the other things I've said before was when I was first writing it, it was just terrible. I mean, I was just I was so angry, so emotional that everything I was writing was just nobody would want to read that right. in a novel. So, um, you know, he got me, he got me re you know, get going again. So he's, he's like, you know, I got this idea. Let's start up this Instagram page. I'm like, all right. And he's like, and then you're going to start putting your writing on there. I'm like, oh, all right. And he's like, and you're going to write this damn book. I'm like, okay, you got it. Like, let's do this. Let's go. Is this um, Matt? Is this Matt Gregorio? Yes, this or? is, this is okay. Matt. Yeah, okay. this is Matt. So we, and he's he's from Boston, so and he's got a thick Boston accent, so um, <laughs> so we call him Boston. Yeah, and that uh, makes sense. So yeah, yeah. So we got this uh, this page going, and um, it's gained some traction, and and a lot of people are interested in hearing about it. And the thing is, is like, there's a lot of books that that have Ramadi in it, and there there's I at least I haven't read a single book that's told the 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 story of Ramadi from like the beginning through sure. to the end. Like there hasn't been the story told about the revival of the city, which is just absolutely insane. Like you would never guess from 2006 and September when we got there to the way it was in, in May of 2007. Um, wow. Just, just a complete turnaround. Um, I always like to sum it up, you know, in a nutshell, we were getting into over uh, 30 firefights a day in the city in early September um, through through December of 2006. And then the last 30 days we were there in May in 2007, there wasn't a single shot fired in the city. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. But it's um it's a story that you know it just needs to be told. It, you know we want to do what's right by by everyone who is there. We want to credit everyone who was a part of it. Um you know directly indirectly, uh tell the, the tell the history of it. You know there's a there's a rich history there. Yeah. Um, it's criminalization as they call it. Yep. I mean, yeah. And then the whole Death Walker thing. It's like this continuation from where they got the name in 2004 in the Aruzgan province in Afghanistan. Um, and then carrying all that, what they learned there through Fallujah and then up to Ramadi and then what we did in Afghanistan and Garmshir and then all of my boots going through into Marja, like those, those Marines did incredible things, things that looking at them as boots, I would have been like, nah, like there's no way in hell, but, um, you know, we, you know, the one thing I always take away and the one thing that um, someone asked me, like, what's your most important takeaway from the Marines? And I was like, I was a better teacher than I was an actual warfighter. Yeah. You know, I taught I taught these guys what I knew in Ramadi. And, and one of these dudes looked up at me and he's like, I learned more from you in an hour than I did in the last year. I was just That's like, awesome. That's your job. Awesome, That's a good dude. NCO right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the way it should be is, hey. is training up the junior guys because you aren't going to be there forever. Yeah. They're going to be the ones leading the show. And that's, that's what they took all that to Marja and man, they made me proud. 
That's awesome. I, I mean, it just, I could cry right now. I'm not gonna. Cause I'm <laughs> I always joke with people. I'm gonna make you cry by the end of this. Hey, I, I got a question. I got a question on yep. your left arm there. Let's let's see that tattoo real quick, and then I want Jeremy to pop his up here. Is this like a standard Marine <laughs> Corps? Go ahead, pull yours up. Damn it! Look at okay, okay, very similar. Look at you guys could have the same freaking arm. This is gonna... <laughs> All right, what's the name of the <laughs> tattoo place outside of Lejeune that you guys both got there? It's, it's... <laughs> uh, I, went, I went to Outcast Tattoo. Outcast Tattoo, shout out. I, I, I doubt Murph is there anymore, but uh, yeah, Murph was legit. I got mine in Michigan. <laughs> oh, okay. Got a local tattoo oh, right place up. that I know. See, Air Force will keep them up nice and high. We can hide them under our blues. Oh, and so... yeah, mine are down here. Oh, man, let them let fly. This is, this is, I've actually joked that this is the year for the sleeve uh, on Kevin Sullivan. So um, that's, that could be happening this year. We'll see. I hope nice. it does. All right, man. Uh, we'll send people to your, your Instagram. Is that the best place where they can watch and learn what's going on yep. and kind of follow the, pro all right. And that's at death Walker Marines. Pretty simple. Yep. Yep. That's how I found um, it. We, we do have a Facebook page, same name. Um, okay. So we're on there too, but, but yeah, we mostly work on Instagram. If you're a one six and you served in um, uh, Ramadi, reach out to him. I'm sure he wants to for sure hear your stories. And I'm going to get you in touch with uh, Scott Husing. I think he would be a good resource, um, considering. Yeah. But uh, I know That'd be he's, awesome. He's super friendly and loves to talk to people about it. So, yeah. Sure. Thank I, you. I, hey, no problem. All right, man. Thanks for coming on uh, hey, again. We got to about a thirty or questions, which means we'll have you on again someday. We'll finish right the on. interview. All awesome. Right, man. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate All it. Right, take, take care, brother. All right. Thank you. you Awesome. Now let me look. Do we good. have, do we have any, uh, are we still live? All right. Good. Yeah, we started live. Um, I just want to show this one thing. I know we're way over and you're, you're probably itching to get out of here, but a couple weeks ago, this has been on my, my to-do list. A couple weeks ago, we, um, we talked about India versus China, China, China. They had a battle with, with Lucille. So basically in the border of India and China, they, they outlawed guns. So these guys are taking like baseball bats and barbed wire and just going old school. They, and we talked about it and it was crazy. It was like, I don't remember. I'll make it up. 30 of them died by like being thrown off a cliff and stuff. Um, real crazy, crazy shit. Well, they have a video of it that just got released. Now, no one dies in this, but because uh, I wouldn't show that. But check this out. Went full. Look at this. That's like 300. Jesus. Freaking rush it today. Kiss my lips, but they still have the video. We're gonna make pyramid. We're gonna make pyramid. Hey, hey. <laughs> look, look at this guy. This guy's sitting there just, yeah, what? What? You're coming over? They got sticks. Got a bow and arrow. They got sticks, sure. And then they, that guy's is all bloody because you'll see. One of the guys gets freaking blamed. That guy right there. I think he must be the officer. This he's just, is Sparta. Look at this. Jesus Christ, whenever you're having a... Look, or, rewind like five seconds. Follow them through the garden. Look at that. Look at the path. Look at the pass here. Uh, look at that. That's like out of a freaking movie. The soldiers just go all the way back there. None of them have guns. They're there just to throw down. And and not just fight. To freaking kill each other. Um, this is that officer that they showed. He took a baseball bat to the head. Why not? Megan the hell out of him. Oh my gosh, that's insane. If you're ever having a bad day, you're like, oh, my, my 
car broke down. Dude, at least you're not sitting there with a thousand Indian troops carrying clubs coming at you in the middle of a ravine somewhere. So get your head out of your ass. <laughs> call, text. Um, I need a, I need like a snappy. It's got to be like call, text, email, get in touch with someone you served. Um, cause that's what we're here for. We're here to share stories and to, uh, keep each other out of isolation. And the best way to do that is to actually, like I said, get your head out of your ass and call people. And even if it's like, eh, I don't know, just do it, just do it. Do me a favor and do that. If you don't want to donate money to, um, veteran tv.com forward, God, forward slash donate veteran tv.com forward slash donate, then at least call and text someone to make this worthwhile. Um, that's all I got. We will see you Sunday night, 8 PM for a telethon. So we're going to be talking about that. Maybe we can get you even a dollar. If you all do a dollar, 50,000 uh, irreverent warriors out there. There's more now. I mean, the last, the last I counted, um, if you all did a, a dollar, we would hit the number. So, um, yeah, uh, we will see you either Sunday, which I think we will. And, uh, next week. So without further ado, it's not how you end it. Without any more vomit coming out of my mouth, good night, and we will see you soon. Set the place on fire.